0: To talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. With us right now on the Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line, the voice of the Capital Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. Good morning, Mark. You, you digging yourself out all that snow over there?
1: Yeah, we got quite a bit, and uh, nice and chilly this morning. So winter's upon us, but uh, you know, we'll take it, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, we we need the moisture, right? I guess that's what we always have to when we have to justify. All the snow. It's uh, well. We need the moisture down the road. We need that to kind to fill up those reservoirs. So, uh, Mark, uh, rough weekend for the Buffs. Uh, the UCLA game. there's too many turnovers, and but just you know stretches where they played well in that game against UCLA, but but unfortunately, uh, not the outcome the Buffs were looking for.
1: Jim, you look at that weekend, and uh, I think Colorado played very well defensively, exceptionally well defensively, to be honest with you. So there, there's a couple of ball games. Now, think of this for a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. In those two games, they had 60, make it the 45 turnovers combined 22 and 23 <clears throat> in the two ball games. And then they had 20 shots blocked. nine I think it was 9 against USC and 11 against UCLA. That's 65 empty possessions in those two ball games. And yet, they were in a position to win both ball games, so that shows you how well they played defensively They held both teams, both very good offensive teams uh, below forty percent shooting and so you know I come away with it, frustrated, not disappointed right frustrated by by the way they played that ball game because you cut those turnovers in half and, and play with the you know the the same kind of aggressiveness and and certainly, I think they split that weekend and maybe come home with two wins so um you know, Tan said to me the other night. He and I were talking, and he said, "You know, it's like uh, right now." He said, "I feel like the little boy at the dike. You know, there's there's something leaking. I reach on over, stick my finger in the hole, and plug that one. And think, oh, goodness, this thing now now we're all good. And then all of a sudden, two seconds later, another hole. You know, kind of uh, pops up, and there's another leak off to my left. And he said, "You know, we we had an issue with the the defensive uh, end of the court there for a little while. We got you know have that fixed, and the way we're playing right now, and all of a sudden we can't." Uh, Keep your hands to the basketball. But, Jim, here, here's the thing about Colorado that's it's really starting to become very evident. Their splits, home and away, are striking how different they are. Yeah. This is a very good home team, and they continue to struggle on the road, which, which they've got to try and rectify here down the stretch.
0: Well, and, and part of that, you mentioned the 65 empty possessions against USC and UCLA. And, and a guy that's been red hot, Tristan Da Silva, who's been so good at home, I mean averaging, you know, around 19 points, you know, six rebounds per contest and on the road 9 points, four rebounds per game. I mean Tristan's game drops off dramatically when the Buffs head out on the road.
1: Yeah. And he might be the most striking of what you're talking about. I know going into the UCLA game, we had figured it out on Saturday morning. It was almost half. His numbers were about half on the road as if they are at home. And you know, he's one of the cornerstone guys and he's got to be better on the road. Certainly he knows that. Uh, and i'm not breaking any news here, but um yeah that that, that right there uh is the most striking example, but it's it's mirrored by virtually everybody else in the team k j's been pretty consistent, i think scoring on the road, but i'm not sure he's played overly as well you know with with all of his game as he has uh, at home and so those two guys have got to be better. I mean, you rely upon those guys. That's why they're leaders of this team. And, and uh, yeah, they've got to get this figured out. So, what this means is you've got seven home games remaining. I really think Connemara's got to run the table at home, uh, which isn't going to be easy. But, but the way they play at home, but, you know, they've certainly got, a, I think, a great chance of that. And then they've got to figure this out and get a few wins on the road here down the stretch as well.
0: And a couple of young guys played well. On the road, freshman Javon Ruffin had 23 points. Uh, his first back-to-back double-digit scoring game was a buff. Lawson Lovering, I thought he looked I mean, he looked great uh, against USC in that Thursday night game. First uh, career double-double: 13 points, 14 rebounds. It just seems like for Lawson Lovering, he's got the he's got the length. He's an intriguing player. It's just the court time getting the confidence right in the case of a guy like Lawson Lovering.
1: <clears throat> oh, without question. I mean, he he's. Uh excuse me, got a frog in my throat this morning. Um, yeah, he, he's coming. And what he did against USC, against against a very, very good uh, and a couple of very athletic guys inside, uh, I still think he's going to be a great player. Not a good player. I think he's going to be a great player for Colorado. He's always been there on the defensive end. But what, what he was doing in that game, you know, and I think that that's probably where, you know, they always talk about big guys taking longer to evolve and develop and mature than, than smaller players, and there's some reasons for that. But then I think it's, it's, it's also more true that they evolve slower offensively than they do defensively. Uh, and and he's starting, you're starting to see some flashes of him. You know, Scott Wilkie, who I do the games with, you know, is a big guy, and he's six foot nine and played inside. And uh, he has had a couple of conversations with uh, Lawson saying, hey, basically, dude, when you get the ball, just turn and flush it every time. Um, you know, I'd lost on our, our prime time TV or rather radio show on Monday night, and I asked him, I said, you know, you've always been big. I said, did you ever play against a big guy in high school? What <clears throat> well, was the biggest guy in Wyoming? And he said, well, there was once or twice I played against, you know, a six seven six eight guy, but, you know, really, they were always about six foot three post players and, and that kind of deal. And so, you know, now all of a sudden, he gets up to the college level, and keep in mind, last year, he missed 15 games. I mean, he missed half the season because of that knee injury he had, and so he's kind of a freshman out there. But he's you know now he goes out there every night and he's got seven foot guys he's playing against, and they're pogo sticks and they're big and they're strong, and, and so he's evolving a little bit. But I, I love the trajectory and you know where he's going right now.
0: Mark Johnson voiced the Buffaloes with us today on the Team Sports Network, and well, while the Buffs would have loved to at least got a split on that uh, trip out to California, uh, as far as the NCAA net rankings, still sitting at 60th. Uh, which is actually better than they were about a week ago. So when we did, because that's a number that becomes really important. Mark when March starts rolling around.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you know that, that that net ranking has become the new RPI, right? And that's what the NCAA uses now. And so sixty is solid. It's you know you would you'd like to feel a bit better about that being you know the upper forties where they were for a while. Uh, but sixty, you're still in the conversation there. And and that's why we talk about, you know, having a strong stretch run down the season here. And I can't believe we're really talking about a stretch run in a college basketball season. But since we're, you know, getting relatively close to flipping the calendar February, I guess we are. So they they really need to kind of continue to win at home. That's extremely important. And then uh, what really helps in that ranking is when you get a win or two on the road. and, And they need to do that down the stretch. But, yeah, sitting at 60 right now, considering what they've done and some of the hiccups they've had this season isn't too bad.
0: Tonight it's Washington. Uh, Huskies come in 11-8. and 8, They're 3-5. Both the, the Buffs and Huskies uh, tied in the Pac-12 standings right now. Uh, the Huskies do have the win over the Buffs uh, up in Seattle, 73-63, back in December. And that was a game where, and that was a stretch, where the turnovers were a real issue. Uh, 18 turnovers in that loss led to 25 Washington points in that game. So what's been a problem last weekend, Mark? has to get rectified tonight at home against Washington. got to do a better job of taking care of the basketball.
1: Well, here's the good news. That last game was in Seattle. This one is in Boulder. <laughs> and for whatever the magic elixir is, that seems to make a difference. And that's one of those games you look at that Colorado should have won. That was a very winnable ball game. Those two early Pac-12 games they had. Arizona State at home where they just gave it away. And then Washington was a the game they should have won. Now, you know, especially – in a game against Washington, which employs, you know, that generally that 2-3 zone defense, that's not a defense you're supposed to have a lot of turnovers against, okay? Um, you move around the ball around the perimeter, trying to hit the high post, the heart of that 2-3 zone, that's where the opening is, and, and Colorado just, you know, was, was really butterfingered in that, that ball game. And so, yeah, that needs to be rectified, but a very winnable ball game. I think this weekend is, a, is a, what I talk about, winning all seven at home. You've got a chance to sweep these two teams. Uh, they're quality teams. You know they're not uh, top of the league kind of teams, but uh, you should be able to get these two wins tonight. But yeah, tonight you better be able to take care of the basketball, obviously uh, against Washington. You probably want to hit some three-point shots against a two-three zone defense. That's that's a good way to beat it as well. And so um, it'll be a challenge tonight. But I'm glad they're coming. You know they're coming back home.
0: Voice of the Buffaloes, Mark Johnson, with us today on the Team Sports Network. And Washington, a little bit like Colorado, in that. Pretty good at home. They're coming off uh, wins against Stanford and Cal, but they're not very good on the road. They are 0-4 away from uh, the Pacific Northwest. So, once again, plays into what the strength is for the Buffaloes, great at the CU Events Center, against a team that does not play well on the road.
1: Yep, love to hear it, you know. (laughs) And in this league, we always talk about that all the time. When you're having your struggles, nobody else feels bad for you.
0: And uh, they've had
1: their certainly their problems when they're on the road. you know it's It's amazing when you look across college basketball how frequently you see that with teams. Very good teams are good no matter what. uh teams that maybe have a few blemishes, you know all of a sudden they you know they might have their issues here and there when they're away from home. Bad teams always have their their issues no matter where they're at. so uh Colorado falls into that second category. They're a good team um that needs to clean up some of the blemishes they have to be considered a very good team and, and uh, you know, make a run of the tournament.
0: And hey, Keon Brooks for that, Mark. Pretty good player, leads them in scoring almost 17 per game, over seven rebounds per contest. He's the junior Ford's pretty solid player for Washington.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, he, he's good. And, you know, that, that's the thing about being in the Pac-12 is every night, no matter if they're good or bad teams, every you know, we were, Ted and I were talking about that a while back after the Cal loss, you know, no matter who you face, there are good players out there. It, it's really startling. Uh, you know, look what Seton Hall did against UConn last night, for example. Everyone's got good players, and I know a lot of times the coaches say that fans kind of roll their eyes, but it really is true. Uh, good players don't always make good teams. Now that, that's the thing you got to remember. So no matter who you face, you're going to face one or two or three guys that are pretty darn good players and, and are capable of uh, you know making some problems or causing some problems for you.
0: And then Washington State coming up this weekend as the two uh, Washington schools uh, head to, to Boulder, take on the Buffaloes. Washington State, they're 9-10, 4-4. They've been very up and down, but when they've been really good, they've been really, really good. The, the win against Arizona two weeks ago, that was uh, the first home loss for the Wildcats in the Tommy Lloyd era. Uh, that started a three-game winning streak. They have a win over USC. So when they've been on point, the Cougars have been really good.
1: Well, case in point to what we were just talking about, right? I mean, There's talent. You know, that's one of the funny things that, that uh, with, with my relationship with Ted. I always get a kick out of him. I'll walk into his office for home games. Uh, or when we meet, you know, around the road at the hotels and we get ready for the pregame interview. You know, it, it always generally, the conversation generally goes starts off kind of the same. We sit down. How you been? Good, all right, good. Uh, what are we looking at tonight? Holy cow. And then he goes on and sounds like, you know, uh, they're going to play the LA Lakers that night. I mean, every every. <laughs> So I always give him a hard time. Really, you think they're that good, Mark? They're talented, and and then he goes through and gives me the, the pros and cons, what he sees, and kind of a scouting report before we do the interview. And uh, and you know, Washington State's one of those teams. After that game when they beat Arizona, uh was the next time he and I were together. I said something to him about that. He goes, "I told you, I told you, they're good, man. They're talent. They're talent there." Well, I hear they got a well, losing. Well, they had a losing record. I know where they were six and ten. I think when they beat uh, Arizona there a couple weeks back. And so yeah, it, it's it's a case of point. That's why you know. These players got to understand, you never overlook anybody. You know, what, what happened against Cal here a couple weeks ago, right? They, they went in there. Cal had one win at that point in time. And I think teams get a little complacent. They get a little bit cocky. They start thinking, oh, geez, man, they're 1-12 or 13 or whatever they were. And, and you kind of let your guard down. You cannot do that. Good teams don't do that. That's why, you know, the Arizonas of the world or the uh, UCLA's of the world rarely get beat is because they do not ever let their guard down, or they always play at a very high level.
0: Voice of Buffaloes, Mark Johnson with us today on the team. Mark, uh, of course, we'll have tonight's game, Washington and Colorado pregame at 630. Uh, Mark, along with Scott Wilkie, will have that one tonight on the team. Uh, the football schedule officially released yesterday uh, for Coach Prime and the Buffaloes uh, at TCU, You're Uh, national championship runner-up, and then at home against Nebraska and Matt Rule. Uh, CSU, as certainly the the Rocky Mountain Showdown resumes for this season at at Folsom Field and at Oregon, USC at Arizona State. Uh, Just your your initial takeaway on on the Buffs' schedule uh, for 2023.
1: Well, I just like the fact that uh, it's an easy schedule. They get to wait in very slowly, you know, and and, and play weak teams very early and, and rack up some weight Well, I, I'm, I'm tongue is firmly in cheek. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow, are you kidding me? And then to start conference play, you've got Oregon and USC back-to-back.
0: And you go to Oregon. And, so, I mean, that, that makes it even more challenging.
1: Right. Um, so, you know, you're at TCU. Then you come home, you've got Nebraska. Nebraska's going to come in here on fire, of course, because they've got a new coach. And, and everyone's just out of their mind, excited about that. Then you've got CSU. Uh, and, and then those, those two back-to-back, you know, top-of-the-league uh, conference games, you know, at Oregon and, and USC that, you know, uh, are expected to be two of the best teams in the league again next year. So, yeah, there's no uh, grace period, shall we say, for Coach Prime. It's uh, jumping into the deep end of the pool right away, and I'm certain he's not going to be complaining about that, but uh, that is a daunting, daunting start to the season. There's no doubt about that. We'll find out very, very quickly what the Prime era in year number one is going to be all about.
0: And I still, I have moments where it's still so surreal. I was watching the Manning cast the other night, and Coach Prime was on, with yep. all, of his, all of his Buffs gear on, and I'm just sitting there to myself thinking, he's the coach of the Colorado Buffaloes football team. It just yep. still doesn't sound real at times, does it?
1: it? It is It is kind of strange. And you think about uh, last week when he had the national championship game, and on Monday night he's on the, the pregame show. Of the National Championship game. But the next morning, he's on the CBS Morning Show. And then, oh, by the way, he's on the cover of GQ. And then a week or so later, he's on the Manning cast. And, you know, that's what, that's what he brings. He brings attention all the time. It never ends. It's ongoing. It is consistent. And it's there all the time, which, which has got to be an enormous benefit from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, You know, so far the proof has been in the pudding by what we've seen, uh, by what he's done. And so it's a new deal. You know, what what do we say, Jim, when we talked right off the top of this thing, when when he first got hired? He's one of one. There's one guy in America uh, that that does it and, and brings this kind of attention and this kind of buzz around it. Uh, he's unlike any football coach that or basketball coach I You know, I I've I kind of joked when when somebody asked me a while back. They said, "You don't think there's anybody?" And I said, "Well, you know, maybe if Oprah started coaching, maybe she'd do the same thing." But let's be honest about it. If if Peyton Manning decided to become a football coach, right, right, there there'd be a similar kind of deal. If Michael Jordan sure. decided to be a a basketball coach, there'd be a similar kind of deal that would go along with this. But but even even those two guys, I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, that they're both superstars and they're unbelievably popular. I don't know if they generate, if there's always that 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 motor that's generating attention and buzz all the time around them. I think just what they do kind of kind of creates that. But with with, with Dion, you get that, that self-generating, and then there's the machine around him that's always generating. So I I'm not even sure if that'd be the same kind of deal, but at least be in, in the same ballpark. But right now, yeah, he's. There's no one like him. I mean he is totally unique and, and it's fascinating to watch for me. Yeah,
0: getting a lot of a lot of bang for the Buffs buck in terms of just national exposure. I mean oh. it's I mean obviously the contract's not cheap for, for Coach Prime, but just that exposure. It's yeah. it's immeasurable. I mean, in terms of what he's done to bring attention to the Buffs football program.
1: Now now the thing about it is, of course, as we well know, this is gonna go on, right? It's gonna go on through through the rest of the winter and into spring ball, and then we'll get uh, to camp and on and on and on. Then it has to show itself on the football field. Yes. Right? And I'm not saying they've got to go 12 that, 0. That's really not the case. But it has to be a, a a very good product on the field, and you've got to be competitive and you've got to be playing in these games. Because uh, if it goes the other direction, I don't believe it will, but if it does go the other direction, all of a sudden, then that, that has a tendency in society to backfire a little bit. And, and so you want to see productivity on the football field and and uh, putting together a very good product and continue to build on that. And, and if that's the case, and uh, that's what I believe is going to happen, uh, then it becomes something very special.
0: Hey, Mark, I appreciate it. Have a great call tonight. Thanks, man.
1: All right.